Hey guys, welcome back to Be the Main Character with Bianca. I am sorry I missed an episode last week, but as a lot of you guys know, I just recently moved, so I was just kind of getting settled in. And yeah, so I decided to give myself a break for a week, and now we're back and strong with a new episode that I'm really excited about. So this episode is going to be called The Six Pillars of Mental Health and How I Manage Each One. And I first heard about the six pillars of mental health in therapy, obviously with my therapist. And here are the six. So number one is nutrition. Number two is movement slash exercise. Number three is connection. Number four is rest and sleep. Number five is supplements. And number six is nature. So I'm kind of going to kind of going to dive into each one and talk about how I manage these because I think it was really important for me to hear each one from my therapist and realize where I was lacking in some and where I was already doing really well in other places. Also, in terms of how the move went, it went extremely well. I've been loving it. I've been here a little over a week now and I feel like I'm starting to finally, you know, get in a routine and get in the groove of things. And yeah, I'm very happy. I've been spending a lot of time just kind of nesting and getting comfortable in my space, but I have been absolutely loving it. And for everyone that reached out, thank you so much um, for, you know, saying congratulations and all of that has been just extremely nice. Also, if you hear cars in the background, just know I moved and it's a little bit louder, so it's okay. All right, so starting with nutrition first. So for me, the way I manage this one, and I feel like I had a really good grasp on my nutrition prior to talking about this in therapy, and my therapist also agreed that he thought I had a really good grip on this because I'm just so used to having a good nutrition, which I'm really grateful for. My parents teaching that from a young age, that you can, you know, fuel your body with really good foods, but you can also have the balance of having, you know, junk food once in a while and you know it's not the end of the world so I do this by meal prepping for myself every week I if I didn't meal prep for myself every week I would eat whatever was at the hospital which is just not the best options of food and probably have like a pre-made salad every single day and for me that just doesn't fuel me it doesn't make me feel full or good or anything and I absolutely love cooking for myself and making new recipes and new meals every week. And for me, it's it's fun. It's, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of me having time to cook with myself for myself for the week. So I feel fueled and prepared. And it's just a way of showing myself I care. Cooking for me personally is just such a huge form of self-love. And I've talked about this in the past. But I just feel like taking the time to pick ingredients and foods that you love and you know you'll enjoy for the week is just such a huge, it's just a huge compliment to yourself. Like, I care about you and your body enough to fuel you for the whole week so you can get through your job, through your workouts, through your mornings in a way that is going to make you feel amazing. That's how I think about meal prep and cooking for myself, especially now that I've moved I have realized that I really don't like making dinner for myself. Um, it was something at my house, at my parents' house, where we rotated through who made meals. And now, obviously, I'm here and I'm cooking for myself every day. 
and I've realized I don't really love doing that every single day after work, but I am doing it um, because I, I need to care about myself. I need to feel myself, feed myself. I need to fuel my body even when I don't necessarily want to take the time to. It's so important. Um, but also, it's a hobby I do enjoy, not necessarily after work and a workout, but I do enjoy it on the weekends when I get to meal prep. I love it. I enjoy it. It's an outlet for me. It's time with myself that, you know, I'm not spending so much time on my phone because, you know, you're cooking, your hands are dirty. I feel like it's just an escape for me. I love cooking. It also connects me to my past and my childhood. I've talked about this before as well, but when I was younger, I would cook a new recipe every single week with my grandfather, and we would do that once a week, every single week for like years, and he taught me to cook, and I would always learn something new, and it was so fun, and I have some of the best memories of us cooking together every single week, and I will never ever forget that. And yeah, so it connects me to that part of my past and my childhood and my grandfather who no longer lives near me anymore. They live down south, you know, they retired down south, so I don't see them as much as I used to. So it reminds me of that and it connects me to him. And obviously my food fuels my body for my movement, which is the next pillar of mental health, which is movement slash exercise. Now these Two are pretty much one and the same, but I don't want you to think of this aspect to be such a strict regimen. Yes, discipline is a great thing to have, especially when it comes to exercise and movement, but I don't want you thinking of this pillar of mental health to be so strict and uniform because movement looks like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And the most important part of this is that you are having some type of movement daily. So movement doesn't always have to be tracked, meaning it doesn't have to hit a certain calorie goal on your Apple Watch. It doesn't have to burn off anything. We know this, I hope. And if you don't and you're hearing this for the first time, I'm so glad that you're hearing it from me. Your movement does not always need to be tracked. It doesn't always need to be for this, you know, big purpose. It can simply be for your mental health. The whole reason I got into fitness and the gym was because I was personally struggling really bad with my mental health and the gym slash movement was a huge outlet for me. But I remember when I first started um, in the gym, I was doing so many different things. I was weightlifting mainly, but I was also doing spin classes. I was also doing outdoor workouts that I absolutely loved. I was doing pretty much anything that made me feel incredible in that moment and anything that made me feel really good, I was doing it because it was drastically helping my mental health. So like I said, movement can look different from for everyone. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be an exercise split. It doesn't have to be legs on Monday core on Tuesday, run on, it doesn't have to be like that to be considered movement. It's going to be whatever makes you feel good daily because remember the main focus of this is the pillars of your mental health, no one else's. So whatever is going to make you feel good. So this can be morning stretching daily, this can be breath work, this can be walking, getting your steps in, whatever that looks like for you is your movement, is your exercise that's going to help your mental health. Now, you can also layer these things. You can do a morning stretch every single day and then, you know, follow your normal exercise split at night or vice versa, whatever it is. 
So just make sure your movement is intentional and matches what you need for your mental health daily. Lately, I've been trying CrossFit. My dad has been going to CrossFit for about six months now, and he got me like a punch card to where he goes, and I've been doing that uh, one to two times a week, and let me tell you, I have been absolutely loving it. I never thought that I would really like or love CrossFit, and I've been going for about a month now, like I said, a couple times a week, and when I tell you it has changed the game for me, one, I love the environment of it personally. I'm not a huge workout and group type person, but something about the CrossFit environment I'm really into. I really like it. And also, I was a gymnast when I was younger, and it gives me, like, the gym vibes. Like, the workouts are very similar to what I used to do when I was younger for gymnastics, but without the fear of failure and messing up and getting it wrong or, you know, unnecessary conditioning that, you know, I dealt with when I was younger, it's the same style workouts that I used to love, but without the feeling of a coach that's going to yell at you. <laughs> it's truly healing my little inner gymnast, and it also is just so fun. It's just a different form of movement. I get to do handstand walks. I get to do um, kips on the bar. I get to do all these fun things that I haven't done in so long, and it just tickles the right part of my brain, and I have been absolutely loving it. And it doesn't really necessarily feel like a workout to me. Like, I'm not like, oh, when is this going to be over? Am I almost done? And sometimes when you do something for a long time, like for me, I've been weight training for about three or four years now, and sometimes it does feel very routine, and it's not really like I want to do it. And yes, discipline, like I said, is important. So of course, I go and do it because I know that that is what my body needs. Some workouts feel amazing, and I'm like, yes, I'm on top of the world right now, but it doesn't feel like that every single day. But right now with CrossFit, um, mixing that in a few days a week has been amazing. So that's been really good. Also, while we're on the topic of movement and new things, I am signing up for a half marathon, hopefully to do it sometime in May. I'm doing it with a friend. I'm so excited. I pretty much just texted her and was like, hey, do you want to do a half marathon? And she was like, let's do it pretty much is how the conversation went. There's not much convincing. We were just both like, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. We had been talking about it probably for like two or three years, how we wanted to do one, but we've just never put pen to paper with it. And we've never actually signed up for anything. We've done a couple 5Ks, but that's about it. And we used to run all the time, especially during like the 2020, 2021 era where there was like nothing else to do. And running was a huge outlet for me when we were all quarantined at home. It felt like my way of getting out. So I ran a ton during that time period, and so did she. And we kind of connected on that and did it a lot together. And I was just thinking about how I want to force myself to get outside a little bit more in the winter, which I'll get into later. And I was like, you know what? This is the best way to do it. Plus, I'm in a calorie deficit right now, and I was like, I kind of want to pick up the cardio pace a little bit here. And I really do enjoy running. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that, actually. I just love having a goal in sight. It just is a good way to really keep me focused and engaged with something. And I'm really glad that I have someone to be accountable with to do it. 
So wrapping up that pillar, do things you enjoy, try new things if you're not enjoying what you're currently doing, and make sure whatever you are doing is matching up with what you need for your mental health. And that leads me into my next one, which is connection. I kind of like how these are all tying into one another because connection, I'm going to be talking about friends, and I was just talking about how I was connecting with a friend to do that half marathon, and they're just all kind of bleeding into one another, which I just realized how that works, and it's pretty cool. Okay, so I'll be honest, this one is where I definitely lack is connection. This was the biggest one that I was working on in therapy, and it's not that I don't love and adore people and my friends, it's just that I also cherish and enjoy being alone with myself so much so that I always, I don't always seek going out with my friends or planning something with friends or and like I said it's not because I don't love and cherish them with everything I have it's just that I genuinely love being alone and my social battery is only so big sometimes and I just need a lot of time to recharge before I can give out my energy to other people and be fully present with them and be there instead of you know thinking of a million other things that I have going on. But just like anything else, it's really just something you have to prioritize and make work with your schedule and their schedule as well. So my biggest tip of advice for this is don't feel like you need to do something every single day, every week, but make it a priority. Make real plans in advance with friends that you can trust and that don't drain you so that those interactions aren't stressful or bothersome and something that you're not looking forward to, something that you're you're thinking about constantly, like, oh, do I really want to go to this? Do I really want to go do this? Don't, it shouldn't be a stressful thing. You're going to hang out and connect with friends and or family. For me, I'm always with my family a lot. I know I just moved out, so it's a little different, but I'm with my family a lot. But for me, getting out with friends is just a little bit harder. And as you get older, it's just harder to, you know, have your work schedules match up. And sometimes just trying to figure out a time that you can all meet is... <laughs> half the battle and is just time consuming and frustrating but like I said really try to make the plans in advance they don't have to be plans for tomorrow they can be plans for a month or two they can be you know monthly brunch whatever it is make it happen and like I said make it a priority block it out in your calendar have a space for this connection time because it's really really important to get out and connect with other people for your mental health you can also tie this into your hobbies, whether this is book club, a workout class, yoga, paint nights. You can make it a really fun experience with things that you want to do anyways. So if you're a big reader and so are your friends and you know the easiest way for you guys to connect is, you know, once a week going over a book that you're all reading and loving, then that's what your connection is going to be and that's great. It doesn't have to be going out to bars. It can be whatever you want it to be. And like I said, don't go out with people that you know drain you. Go out with people that fill your cup and you come home and you feel like, oh, I can't wait to do that again. Or, oh, I loved catching up with them. I definitely need to do that more. That made me feel so good. I felt, you know, like such a good friend in that moment. Or I felt so appreciated and I just had the best time ever. That Those are the people you want to be with. People that make your energy or match your energy so well that you don't feel drained and exhausted when you go home. Or when you leave and that also want to do things that you want to do you know they're not just focused on well I want to go out so why don't you want to go out you know they they match where you're at and you match where they're at and it's mutual and everything is good 
and you feel great about the connection and you go home with better mental health, not worse. You shouldn't feel drained after. That's not the part of, that's not the point of this pillar of mental health is to, you know, have that connection and then have it drain you. And that leads us into our next pillar, which is rest slash sleep. Sleep is so important. I simply do not function well without a good seven to eight hours of sleep. I have always been like that ever since I was young. I really do not function well off minimal sleep. And I also talked about this with my therapist because I feel like a lot of people thrive off, you know, I can function off five hours of sleep. I can function off this little amount of sleep. He told me they're not functioning. They're literally just surviving and they're not doing it well. And I was like, huh, I feel like that's very much among the hustle culture of I can do all of this all the time. I get up this time and I go to bed at this time and you only have 24 hours in a day, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's all true, but you don't need to be hustling 24-7 and you're not going to perform well in whatever you're doing without adequate amount of sleep. I know for a fact I'm not. Um, I'm just not a happy human when I don't have a lot of sleep. My mood is so drastically different when I don't have enough sleep and no workplace wants me on minimal sleep. It's just not a good time for anyone. So we're striving for adequate sleep, not just sleep you can quote unquote function on. Also, we want to be having true rest without guilt. So if you, let's say you have a five or six day split and you have two days rest, one day, is a, one day of rest from the gym, movement, whatever it may be, from work, whatever, truly rest without the feeling of guilt that you could be doing something else, that you aren't being productive enough. I struggle with this immensely because when I come home from work or from work and the gym, I instantly want to work on the podcast, TikTok. And I feel like I have a really hard time finding the line of, okay, when does my actual workday stop when I come home at night and I can rest and have true rest where I'm not emailing brands, thinking about work, you know, editing the podcast. Like, where do those lines clearly define when I'm working? Because now this has become work for me, work that I truly, truly love and never ever would give up but where does that line differ for me at home because I'm so strict with it at my nursing job but when it comes to you know my social media jobs I'm like okay where does the line define where I'm allowed to have rest when I come home from night um from work and the gym so I'm still working on this and also not feeling like I need to be productive 24-7. So we're working on one day, unproductive and unbothered, and being okay with that. You can have a whole day of rest. I don't know who told us we couldn't, but we totally can. I'm giving you the green light that you are allowed to have an entire day that is unproductive and unbothered. If you just need to be alone and scroll on TikTok all day or go on YouTube or catch up on sleep or drink a cup of tea and read a book for an entire day, you go do that and you be unproductive and unbothered. That's my quote for the year. Quote for 2023, unproductive and unbothered. I also feel like for me, time without my phone is really important and I feel like a lot of people can connect to this as well and I've been trying to be better about this. Not just spending time on my phone, but not feeling like 
I'm on all the time. I feel like, you know, you can see when someone's active on Instagram, you can see when someone's on TikTok. Be real because you need to post right now. And I do love Be Real for different reasons, but I feel like we're so, we feel like we always have to be on. We always need to be there to communicate with people. We always need to respond to people's texts. Do Not Disturb is your best feature on your phone, okay? I love Do Not Disturb. I just, you know, like I said, unproductive and unbothered is how we are living this year. <laughs> what a motivational podcast I host. But I feel guilty if I don't respond to someone's text. I feel guilty if I'm on Instagram but I didn't respond to, you know, so-and-so's text or I didn't, you know, post my be real today or whatever. Whatever the case may be, it's really hard to feel like you're always accessible. That's what I was trying to say. I feel like when we have our phones, we feel like we're always accessible all the time. Everyone deserves a chance to communicate and talk with us when they want on their terms. But on the other sense, like on the other side of it, like it's on your terms when you want to respond, when you have the time and energy. Sometimes I'm just so drained, I literally can't respond to a text. And it sounds so weird to some people, but other people will get this. Um, you know, it's different for everyone. And for me personally, sometimes I just feel like I'm so accessible all the time to everyone. And at work, it's my job to be accessible. So when I'm out of work I'm like okay I'm not I don't need to be accessible to everyone all the time right now so if you need to re leave a text for a day or two that someone sent you about something that's okay your time is yours and it's valuable and you need to protect your energy in any way that that might mean and if they're your friend or your family they will understand I'm working really hard on not saying sorry when I'm answering a text if I'm answering it you know a day or a few days later like sorry I didn't answer this but like, no need to say sorry. You don't need to be accessible all the time. You can just say whatever it is you need to say in your response. Um, so don't feel like you need to be on and accessible at all times on your phone and learn to take breaks from it because truly at this point they've become just so attached to us and in a sense we feel like we always need to be on and active and responding and really we don't and for me true rest is not feeling like I owe it to anyone and also working on not apologizing when I don't have the energy to respond right away this is also just a really good great way to work on your boundaries and like I said if they're your true friends and your family that really care about you they will understand it's okay because half the time, if someone's not responding to us, I never get frustrated or angry that they're not responding to me. I just, you know, wait for them to respond on their own time. So don't think that they're mad at you. And if they are, then they're probably not a good friend. Pillar is supplements. And I was pretty confused when I heard this at first at therapy because I was like, supplements? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, my creatine? You can take that away from me? No, that's not, he was, that's not what he was talking about, FYI. Um, so you can still take your supplements, whatever they may be, as long as they're safe. Um, but for me, it was caffeine. I was consuming quite a lot of caffeine. I was consuming under the normal healthy limit for an adult person, but I was still consuming a lot. At the time when I was in therapy, I was still in nursing school. And I was in night nursing school, for anyone that didn't know. So I would have, let's see, I would have pre-workout, 
and then I would come home and I would sometimes have an energy shot. Mind you, these are more like this was not like a five hour energy. This was like a natural energy shot, but still. And then I would go to school and on the way to school, I would either make or get a coffee. So that was three different forms of caffeine daily. And mind you, I was there in therapy primarily for anxiety. Specifically, I had a really bad anxiety attack and it drove me back to therapy because I was in therapy a couple, like a year before. And then I had stopped going and then I, um, and I found a new therapist. And what really pushed me to go back was I had a major anxiety, panic attack, whatever you may call it. It was really, it was really a panic attack, but, um, I forget what the difference is between an anxiety and panic attack. I know he explained it to me, but now I'm drawing a blank and I can't remember. And I'm almost positive mine was categorized as a panic attack because of the symptoms I was having. Anyways, that's what put me back into therapy. So when we were talking about this, he had asked, like, you know, um, what supplements or stimulants do you use? Do you drink alcohol? Do you smoke? Do you have caffeine? And my thing, my crutch is caffeine. And it wasn't even necessarily because I was super tired. And that's really what got to me. He was like, how is your sleep? And I was like, honestly, my sleep is great. I sleep about seven to eight hours, seven to eight, sometimes nine hours daily. I feel well rested when I wake up. I'm not super tired. I have pretty high energy levels, which also remains true. And he was like, so why are you having three sources of caffeine a day? And I was like, well, one's pre-workout, <laughs> one's to help me focus before I study, and one's just a fun little drinky before I go to school for the night. And he was like, okay, let's not do that anymore. Anxiety, um, caffeine is a s stimulant and is only going to make your anxiety worse. So I was like, oh, true. <laughs> um, so... Since then, I only try to have one source of caffeine a day. I have caffeine-free creatine now. I don't have an energy shot every day, and I only have one coffee. So I have done a lot better with my caffeine intake. And yeah, I've stuck to that for about a year now, um, cutting my caffeine intake down a ton. And I feel like it really has helped me a lot. And... You know, I was also having caffeine right before I was taking major exams. And honestly, my test anxiety wasn't that bad because I learned how to control that in a different way. But still, um, caffeine definitely doesn't help if you have any lingering underlying anxiety. And where I was having, you know, major panic attacks, anxiety attacks, whatever you want to call them, was not helping. For me, I don't drink a lot of alcohol, so that really wasn't an issue. I would say, honestly, I drink alcohol maybe twice a month and that's just for me personally I'm just not a huge drinker I never really have been um I socially drink occasionally and I feel like I definitely drink more in the summer just because we're at our lake house and it's just like more of a social thing but I also have some mocktails that I really enjoy um I love a good Shirley Temple I <laughs> actually have grenadine and sugar-free Sprite in my house right now because I've been having those occasionally. Absolutely love it. Gives me like the same happiness that a glass of wine might give another. Although I do love a glass of wine. I'm just not one to, you know, just have alcohol. I just, I don't love it. I don't have it a lot. I'm not against it. I just, you know, have it 
one to two times a month and I'm really happy with that and it's fine for me. And I also don't smoke. I never have. Not to get too into it, but I've been in healthcare since I was 16, 17 years old and I've been, you know, drug tested ever since and it's just not something that I'm willing to risk. But if I could, I definitely would because I think marijuana, for example, is an amazing supplement, stimulant, whatever you want to call it. I think it's amazing. I think it is really going to come far in medical advancements. Honestly, I truly think that. I think it's going to be such a game changer in the future um, for pain management, for mental health, for so many things. So maybe someday it'll, it will be more normalized for, you know, healthcare workers to be able to have access to it. But at the moment, I still could get drug tested at any time. So I never have. So that's not, that was never a concern of mine. And I really don't count that as, as a supplement. I get, I, it is to an extent, but I think that honestly it's better than alcohol because alcohol has way worse effects on your body. But anyways, that's besides the point. So if your alcohol intake is extremely high and you have problems associated with the alcohol consumption, so say you have anxiety, which is like hangover anxiety, every single time you drink alcohol, every single time after you drink alcohol, the next day you fear you feel terrible, you have such high anxiety. Okay, that's that's a supplement we want to decrease because it's not helping your mental health. Maybe it is the night before, but the day after or the days following, is it truly helping your mental health? Probably not if you feel that way the day after. So maybe decreasing that. I'm not saying cut it cold turkey. I'm just saying maybe have have it in different or less increments and you know, have a better way to manage your anxiety anxiety the following day or have less so you feel like you're more in control of situations when you have, when alcohol is in the playing field. You know what I'm saying? Another one that I think of when I think of a supplement or a stimulant is your phone once again. So if you feel so attached to your phone and like you need a social media or just phone detox, just time away from your phone, that can be another thing that, you know, take back, look at how many hours you spend on your phone, maybe make an effort to decrease that daily, find other outlets or hobbies that you can spend time away from your phone and do that to improve your mental health. And the last pillar is nature. This was another one that I also struggled with, which I wouldn't think I would, but I do in the winter time. That is my downfall. I am not a winter girly. I wish I was. Actually, okay, I need to stop saying I'm not a winter girly because we're trying to be better at it. And when you tell yourself you're not something, you're going to be pretty bad at trying to be it. So this is something I'm still currently working on, but getting outside every day, even if it's only for a little bit, I'm not saying you need to be outside for 45 minutes a day every single day. That's not realistic, and you're probably not going to stick with it if that's the goal you set. That's a big goal. Um, but daily sunlight is so important, especially if you live in New England, and especially during the winter where people tend to you know, be more depressed or have a harder time functioning. This is when you need sunlight the most. And like I said, it doesn't have to be huge huge parts of your day. It's freaking cold outside. I don't expect you to be outside all the time. But I'm definitely trying to work on this. It was so nice out the other day and I actually took a walk on the beach 
because the beach is so close to my new apartment, which is amazing. And when I tell you, I just took a mile walk on the beach and I felt significantly better after. I felt amazing. And yes, it was it was nicer outside, so I will give it that. I probably would not have done that on a colder day, but I need to be better about it. And I'm my thought process is that my half marathon training will force me to get outside because I don't like running on the treadmill. And I really love running outside and on trails and along the beach. So I'm hoping that'll, <laughs> no, I'm not hoping. It will force me to train outside and get more comfortable being in the cold outside during the winter months. Even if it's a little uncomfortable at first, like anything, it's going to be a learning curve. And I think it'll be a, an amazing learning curve. And I'm really excited about it. And like I said, it's something new, it's a hobby, and it's something for me to look forward to, and I have an accountability partner, which is so important, and I really, really just hate running on the treadmill. Oh, it's just, why is it so awful? Like, I feel like you're literally going nowhere. I feel like I do the same distance outside, and I do it on the treadmill, and it takes me an additional, like, seven minutes. I don't understand that at all, but anyways, as I digress... We're going to be super intentional with this, okay? We're going to try and get outside every day. We're going to try and just connect with nature just a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot. Maybe park your car a little farther away from Target before you walk in, okay? We're going to get our steps in, and we're going to see the light of day in the winter in New England. And also, it can also be in your car near nature. Obviously, this is not optimal, but... Sometimes push comes to shove, we need a little drive to the beach and we're going to sit in our car and have a meal near the beach. At least we're close, okay? Baby steps. Baby steps are still steps. I say that all the time and it's because it's just so true. Um, so whatever that looks like for you. Also, if you guys have tips for getting outside in the winter, I would love to hear them. I wish I was a snowboarder slash skier or winter sports person because I just never did it when I was younger. So now I feel like I'm too old to do it, which I know I'm not. I definitely want to take it up either this year or next year. And that way I can get some hours outside that way because I, my siblings all do it and they absolutely love it. And it's a reason why they all enjoy winter so much. And I feel like I need to find an outlet like that of some sort so that I can have a hobby to do or movement to do outside. Yes, this is still something I'm working on and working towards. So I will be bringing you guys along with the journey on Instagram and TikTok about getting outside more in the winter. And like I said, it's really good for seasonal depression as well. And my therapist said it was good, so it must be good. He said that it's extremely important in the winter, which makes sense, right? It's, you know, we get the least amount of vitamins from the sun during the winter, and we need those vitamins, and, you know, you always just feel better once you're outside for a little bit. And it's also a good time to just disconnect, be with your thoughts, listen to a podcast, per se, this one, and uh, or an audiobook or music or whatever it is you need to be to do, or simply just, you know, be in silence. Uh, for me, my silent time is the shower. That's when I just like to not listen to music, not listen to a book, nothing, because for me, it's just my time to recharge my mental battery, especially after being at work all day where you feel like you're on 110% of the time and then you finally get to stop and not be so stimulated. It's my time to just not think that much. 
All right. Well, I hope you guys really liked this episode. I really enjoyed recording it. I didn't realize how talking about each one really how happy it made me. And I hope this really helps you guys with your mental health and managing it. So I'll go over the six again if you want to write this down and write down your ways of how you're going to manage each one. So first one is nutrition. Second one is movement slash exercise. Third one is connection. Fourth one is rest slash sleep. Fifth one is supplements or stimulants. And sixth one is nature. Like I said, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and I will be back to talk to you guys again next Thursday. Have a great day and go be the main character. Bye guys.